Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This episode is The Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. My name is Jeff, and in college, I had to write a paper on the life of Leo Tolstoy. I had well over a month to write it, but in classic dropout fashion, I put it off until the night before it was due. May 19th, 2005. That's right. Opening night of Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. When I got home at 3 a.m., I drank three Red Bulls and wrote a 12-page essay with a mechanical pencil on notebook paper and told my professor my printer broke. I somehow (laughs) passed. Thank the maker. My name's Dan, and I recently went on my first social distance date. My name is Jimmy, and Dan and I sang in one concert together when he was in high school and I was in elementary school. Nothing funny, just adorable. That's so cute. I'm going to sort of correct you, though, because I did come back for several Christmas concerts and sing with you. Oh, true. Yeah. Not full concerts, but I got up there and did the Hallelujah Chorus. like an alum? Yeah. They would invite alumni up to do the Hallelujah Chorus. That that. sounds terrible. I'm glad I never was involved. Oh, if you're a choir nerd, it's so fun. It's like a rite of passage. That's what I'm saying. Because when you're like in the choir program in high school, all these old people get on stage with you and you're like, weird. And then when you're like 28 and you get on stage, you're like, awesome. You're like yeah. a whiff and poof. Yeah. I did it. Uh, I did the last one that Malin did and it was pretty fun. Hallelujah. 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 So Jeff. Yeah. We didn't see that together, did we? No, we didn't actually. That was probably before you, you guys knew each story. other, right? No, no, we definitely knew each other. Yeah, two thousand five. He was kind of upset oh, with me because uh, I made different plans with him. I went to go see it with a buddy of mine, right. John Stanley, and my cousin Shane, because like we have like a Star Wars thing. Me and my cousin going on, so yeah, a connection we have together. And uh, right before we went, we went to my cousin's place and watched the original Clone Wars miniseries that led directly into the movie. We timed it out so we would watch it, and as soon as it ended, we drove to the theater. Already had tickets, super pumped to see it. And it was uh it was really fun, but I was like, I gotta get this paper done. Yeah. So like Red Bull's been around for a while, but this is kind of like when energy drinks were just kind of taking off. And there were like weird variants of stuff. Like, I don't know. I just grabbed three Red Bulls because I, I was like, oh, this is just kind of like a Coke, isn't it? And I was I was wired. I slept for like half an hour, then went to class. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my printer broke. And the teacher was like, uh, and I was like, if you want, I could type it up and bring it back. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. community college is cool. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought you said Phantom Menace. So I was like, I don't think you guys knew each other at that point. But no, no, I, did. I was in middle school. I was uh, friends with Dante back then. Dante. We were in. Uh, he saw it before me, and he almost told me spoilers <gasps> in the oh. gym class. Uh, Dan, how was your date? How did that work? Was it weird? It was weird. It was good though, because like mean, my marriage started out socially distanced, but like I've never well, gone that's on long like, distance. A date. Yeah. It's it, see, long distance is one thing. Yeah. So before this, we were just communicating via phone, via a couple video chats, and it's like okay, we wanted to like 
meet in person, but I had to lay out some like guidelines. Right. Because yeah. I was like, okay, I'm actually following social distancing. I know a lot of people our age aren't. Yeah. So I was like, so here's the thing. I would love to meet you in person, but please do not judge it as like how the An quality of the date based on how we interact. In other words, like typically if a date goes well, you're going to go in for a smooch at the end. But I'm not going to do that, even <laughs> if the date is going wonderfully. Oh, interesting. You're a first first kiss, first date kind of guy? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't. I rarely smooch on the first date. Oh, well, that's why you're a loser. Apparently. That's why I'm I'm, a, I've been single for the past three years. I'm a suave, debonair Don Juan motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> no, I mean, if things are going well, you, you go for it. I mean, Jeff's probably never been on a first date, but he would probably know that, too. <laughs> it's so true. Been on a couple, and they're not good. Well, I mean, no, they're because like my first day with my wife, we were already like established. Right. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Madly in love with each other. You yeah. guys probably banged at that. And point. your first yeah. date with your ex, you were like nine. So. I was nine days old. <laughs> we met in the nursery. No, so it was it's good cute. though. She was cool with it, and yeah, we uh we met like on at the Milford Green on the Green. Oh wait, so this wasn't? I thought this was like through a cam. No, you met in person. Yeah, social oh. distance. We stayed literally six feet apart oh, see, the whole time. I'm so conf- I was confused. Uh-huh. I thought you had like an e date. No, <laughs> we had a couple of those, but then we met at the green and wore masks and walked around. That's so cool. I'm glad you guys did that because like I listen to the show Savage Lovecast and this guy like he promotes you know physical interaction with people and this is the first time he's like don't f- people. Yeah, <laughs> so sorry, sorry Jim. Yeah, so uh, it was interesting, but fun, and we're going to try to do it again tomorrow, so we'll see. Oh, that's great. Nice. It becomes weird, though, because if we keep doing this, at some point, I'm probably going to want to, like, touch her in some manner, eh, like cold hands or something, like anything. <laughs> so we'll see how long this quarantine just, lasts. Just wear, wear gloves. really thick gloves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Work gloves. <laughs> like winter gloves. Yeah, yeah really be really thick cute. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, over the summer. That's cool. fantastic. Cool. Great. Jeff, yeah. Do we have any ratings, reviews, emails, or tweets, etc.? We actually got an audio review what? from one of the Bryans. Oh, geez. <laughs> Which Brian will it be? It'd be really funny if it was Dan's dad. Yeah, that would be super funny. It. Let's find out, shall we? Hey, fellas. I'd just like to say great job on the Letter Kenny episode. The episodes picked by Ian were several of my personal favorites as well. If I wasn't already a fan, I'd definitely be talked into it. You guys are amazing, and I can't wait to see what else you try to talk us and each other into next. Keep up the great work, as always, and I definitely give every episode five stars. I love you, Bingo Bronson. Thank you very much for that. That was so nice. Yeah. Who is that? It's a guy I used to work with. He's been listening to the show since the start. It sounded like he was reading from a script. That was cute. Maybe he wrote I know. it down. I don't know. <laughs> that it was, was going to say that. It sounded like yeah. it was a written Good review. audio review. Yeah, that, that was super fun. Uh, everybody should do that. I, you should uh, send us an email yeah. at talkmeinto at gmail.com. You'll be featured on the show. Your voice will be on Talk Me Into. Unless you like giving some racial slurs or something. We're not going to put that up there. Wow. Well, he did send me a couple personal ones, too, that like, I don't want to play because they might be yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that yeah. was great. Thanks. Okay, fellas. Hi. This is the part of the show where we turn into toy boys. I hate this reference. Yeah, this is <laughs> so not dumb. even a funny joke. I'm fighting it, dude. I'm forcing it through. We're talking ourselves into things. T-O-I. Yeah. Toy. So this week, it, well, for longer than a week, really, but we haven't talked in a few weeks, guys. We haven't. Uh, I've been talking myself into 
using technology to keep my house clean. That's right. (laughs) I purchased a robotic vacuum Vacuum. mop. It vacuums and it mops. mops. Does it mop the carpet? I don't have carpet. I have hardwood. I'm looking at a carpet right now. Yeah, it doesn't go downstairs, Jeff. Most robots don't. (laughs) I've seen Daleks do it. I've seen R2-D2s do it. Daleks don't do it very well. I've seen it too, and it's pretty fake looking. They just sort of hover up each step. (laughs) I've seen Westworld. They do it. Okay, well, the (laughs) Roborock vacuum that I purchased. (laughs) Roborock? Yeah. Uh, I had to write that down because everyone just calls it a... Roomba. 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 DJ Roomba. Yeah, and it's not. Uh, I prefer shark robot, but it's fine. This thing works awesome. And a yeah. Bison. It works too. awesome. It's so easy. I freaking set it up when I go to work and just like run it. And when I come back, my house is clean. I'm surprised you haven't done this before because you do dislike chores a lot. There's a reason. My, I had two dogs. Toby has since passed away. Rest in peace. Right. Yeah. But he was uh, was a really bad boy when it came to, like, exploring the house and getting into things that he wasn't supposed to. Right. So as Jeff can attest, because he lived here, I had gates up. Yes. I had one in the hallway and one in the back hallway. So basically the dog can only go in, like, the living room and the kitchen and the dining room. Uh, But now that Toby's passed away, Penny is just, like, a loaf. She does not care. (laughs) She She just wants to lay in her bed all day. So I took the gates down and she's fine. She like never goes in the rooms or goes up the hall or anything. Yeah. So I always told myself I would get a a robot vacuum once I could get rid of these gates. Yeah. So now I don't have it and it's awesome because it will do the entire upstairs. Yeah. It does all the bedrooms. It goes under the beds. It's really good. That's pretty cool. It was a little expensive because because I have all hardwood floors and I have like no rugs or anything. I wanted to spring for the extra like mopping feature. Yeah. So worth it though. You run it once basically around the house with the vacuum. Then you put this little water tank on it and ru- run it again, and it, and it mops. How do you clean the – how does it mop? It uh, has a water tank that, like, slowly drips into this, like, fabric pad thing, like this scrubber pad. Okay. And then when you're done, you throw that pad in the washing machine. Oh. And it really works because that thing is, like, tan-colored, like beige. <laughs> and when you pull it off, it's, like, black. <laughs> That's funny. And you're like, mm. damn. And you put, like – a cap full of like floor cleaning solution and the rest water and it works fine wow. yeah i've been thinking about getting one of those because i also hate to vacuum i do it like once every three months yeah and i have cats so i Ugh. have a lot of cat hair and you have mostly carpet right yeah it's all the carpet. only area that you don't is your kitchen, kitchen right yeah yeah well th- you should you just get one of the cheaper vacuum ones yeah because then you could easily just mop your kitchen right. once in a while. What's grosser, a carpeted kitchen or a carpeted bathroom? Ooh, because people actually probably. have carpeted bathrooms. Yeah, bathroom. they're That's both gross. really gross. That's though. dank. Yeah, I've seen like on those home renovation shows that my parents watch. I've seen them like flip houses that have carpeted yeah. kitchens. Oh, they really do. Oh, yeah. and dude, they're so disgusting. Like around the oven, they're just like soaked with grease and footprints <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah that's disgusting but jimmy well, now you should definitely get one of the vacuum ones because it'll vacuum your kitchen too which is yeah. basically like sweeping i already got a vacuum i married her just kidding we share chores <laughs> equally yeah that's a good idea uh, yeah i'm definitely considering looking into one of those yeah now that jeff's like fulfilled life's dream is coming true like because of <laughs> quarantine his that's wife great. is home all the time and now she's pregnant if you take away her shoes so she's just barefoot and pregnant at home <laughs> It'll be your dream woman. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I She's know. doing more. She's creating a lot. It's life. called a joke, Jeff. Sorry I didn't uh, I don't prefer, like it. Prefer, I don't... preface it with you. Stop joking about my wife. Our friendship. <laughs> so, no, <I'm> <laughs> so, yeah, I recommend it. Cool. 
Who's going next? You are. Me? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Unless you want me to. No. Let's go at the same time. <laughs> I'm going to leave. My <laughs> talking myself talk. into is brand new, guys. This was last night I was talking what? to it. Whoa. Um, this is a podcast that uh, a buddy of mine recommended. It is called Dungeons, Dungeons and Daddies. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to listen to that soon. It is not a BDSM podcast. Uh, <laughs> that That is their tagline. Okay. I'm so um, funny. It is a D&D podcast. And I'm not huge into D&D. Funny enough, the dude who recommended it to me is actually my DM. Um, I, I started a campaign. Obviously, it got suspended due to COVID. Um, so uh, this You is, can do it over Yeah, Discord. he wants to do it in person. So we're In person is much more fun. It is more fun. Um, but so this is basically the concept is it's four suburban dads get trapped into the world of D&D and they have to search for their kids. That is oh, wait, sort of a, it. It's like a storyline? Well, they're playing a game. They're playing. Th- that's the purpose of the story is so they are just four dads. dads. Yeah, they're, they're just dads. playing as who they are. I don't they're think like they're actually dads. Dwight's character in Second Life. Yeah, I don't think they're actually dads. I think that's just the concept of the uh, the pocket. So of them it's is scripted. A girl. No, it's not scripted. I have it's no imp- idea. So it's improvisational. Four, they're four humans? Yeah, I think they're four humans, but they're using, like, obviously, uh, like, one of them's a bard, one of them is different one thing classes. Else. Yeah, different classes. Hmm. But uh, that's the concept of the podcast so far. It's very funny. What got me was <laughs> uh, one of the dads was picking up um, uh, another dad and their kid or whatever. Going, The premise is they're going to a soccer game. They get swirled into this vortex, and their kids go missing. And... Uh, <laughs> When one of the dads is picking up another dad and his kid, the kid was smoking weed and uh, um, someone was like, how dank is it? He was like, can I roll for dankness? And he, <laughs> he, he rolls a 20. <laughs> I, lo- the- I love rolling for weird stuff yeah. and asking. It's just like so great. <laughs> and yeah. the, My DMs are always just like, sure. Yeah. No, it was super funny. He was like, "It's I rolled a natural 20. Um, he was like, that is the dankest shit you've ever smoked. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. I D&D, highly recommend D&D it. D&D podcasts are very hit or miss. Either they're yeah. incredible or they're awful. Yeah. Some of this is like sort of like whatever. I, I'm not like an insider. I don't know any of these people. Right. I guess the DM is one of the writers for the Borderlands series, which is kind of cool. Oh, so it's like well-known people. Yeah, I think okay. so. Um, But no, I'm super enjoying it. If you like that, listen to the Adventure Zone from yeah. the start. It's uh, I've heard that's good, actually. The McElroy brothers yeah. and their dad. I've heard the Dan Harmon one is really good, too. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, I've heard that one's pretty fun. But um. Yeah, uh, highly recommended. Dungeons and Dread and Daddies. I'm only, uh, I'm not even done with the first episode yet, but I think there's like four episodes. I was really hoping it was a DDLG podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, we got that. Yeah. Jeff, what are you uh, talking yourself into? I got a two parter. Oh, boy. On. I haven't been successfully talked into these yet. <laughs> um, the first part is I'm, tr- I don't know if I'm trying to or if I just accidentally am talking myself back into Ninja Turtle action figures. Oh, geez. Because <laughs> you're having a you child. Are having a daughter. That's why I can't do it. But I bought two. <laughs> and I don't know if I'll stop. And you know what? Here I am feeling bad for trying to get you to spend like $150 on recording equipment. Here, hear me and out. And you're buying action figures. Can you hear me out? 
I'll try. I stopped buying figures when the new show started. Right. Because I was like, I don't care about these. And they come out with these amazing, like there's, other than just like the basic cartoon line, there's amazing collector's figures coming out these last few years. And I have bought zero. I'm like, I'm not spending any money. They're all so awesome. I want them all. I follow so many Facebook groups and Instagram pages. I love that Leonardo one that came out that had all the eras like a couple of years ago oh yeah yeah that those packs really were cool, cool yeah. yeah yeah i got i guess I'm, i might have that oh. i forgot if i bought it or not um but no but like i and i've been well, why so didn't they good. do Raphael though i've been so good but then they came out last year with these two packs of batman versus the teenage mutant ninja turtles based right. on the movie which i loved and they're so good so it comes yeah. with a turtle and a batman character i still have to watch that. fifty dollars a pack five oh. packs so i was like i'm never getting these but yeah. I want them so bad. Then they're GameStop exclusives. But mm. then three of them went on sale for $15 each. Ooh. And I was like, oh man, I should really get those. <laughs> I got to find them. And then there was a Memorial Day sale for like $3 off. So wow. I ended up finding a Michelangelo and Alfred pack for $12. And I was like, who wants Alfred? But I was like, I'll just get this one. <laughs> and then I called up another shop and they were like, yeah, we have the shredder Raza ghoul. And I go there. It's like Ooh. all outside the store. You have That's to like cool. call and stuff. $50. I was like, no, I don't want it. I tried <laughs> to get the discount, but I was good. I didn't buy it. Then last night I found a place that had Donatello and Batgirl. And I was like, all right, I'll pay $15. So <laughs> I got them and I'm not going crazy. I'm just looking for raft. So these are based on the movie based on the movie. Yeah. So I want the raft two pack with Robin. Cause like the Leonardo and Batman one is still $50. So I'm like, mm. I'm not getting those no matter what, but like 12 bucks for a couple figures. Yeah, it's not bad. And then the second part is, Oh my God, this part, <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm re- I'm torn because when I got the Michelangelo pack, the box wasn't in great condition and I'm a mint on card guy. You for are. those who don't know is I keep my toys boxed up. You do. I keep them in the package so I could see them. I've only opened a couple that had like, they were in like a box with no plastic and I yeah. just wanted to look at them, but I really want to open these up. <laughs> the Michelangelo one is so cool. And they come with like different heads and hands yeah. and a skateboard. And I was like, I want to pose. I got like four little figures that are posed on my shelf. I have a fugitoid that was, it's more of a, it's not posable. So I have that. I have a 2012 San Diego Leonardo exclusive. I, have, I remember when you got that because that was on IC3. I think didn't Dante get that for he you? He got it for me, yeah. When he, was I remember you opening it and Adam berating you for opening it. Yeah, because <laughs> like I want to actually look at it, yeah. and then I have a prototype 2K3 t- uh, Turtle Titan figure, and then I just got a 2007 uh, Raphael loose because I couldn't find it. So I just have those up, but I'm like, that's I cool. Want, I want to put Michelangelo up here. So, and then I got Donatello and I was like, I could put them both up. <laughs> so I don't oh, know. Boy. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not going crazy. If I can get the RAF or the other ones for cheap, I am, then I'm stopping. Like, I even yeah. asked Lindsay, I was like, could I, could I get this? I know we're having like a baby, but uh, <laughs> I, I need these toys too. <laughs> One of Talk Me Into's earlier episodes, uh, the 10th episode, I believe. Is it that early? The 11th episode. I just Damn. looked it up on the internet. Our 11th episode. Back in April of 2019, uh, Dan and I teamed up to talk Jimmy into the classic 
show the twilight zone that's weird because that feels like a lot later yeah of us recording jeff's right though i just confirmed it wow. yeah i'm i'm right we're looking at the exact same <laughs> file <laughs> yep. um yes and we successfully talked you into we it did, we did yeah. watch like five episodes i think yeah and i throw it on every now and then i'm not like in love with it but i right. like it um and we kind of we we picked when to talk about that episode because uh it's being relaunched at that time in mm-hmm. 2019 um, executive produced and hosted by Jordan Peele. Yeah. And it was relaunched with uh, mixed opinions. People were excited about New Twilight Zone. They thought it was in capable hands mm. uh, coming from the guy who brought us Get Out and us. And I'm one of, I think I'm in the minority um, and yeah. liking the 2019 reboot more <laughs> than other people. But yeah. I think that it is a a good successor a very well-made modern update to the twilight zone um so it was released on cbs all access which you will need to watch it <laughs> but whatever yeah you have your means of you getting can get a free trial yeah free trials uh we all make monies yeah yeah it's six dollars a month like whatever dudes there's, whatever there's dudes. star trek stuff on yeah. it too um so i want i want you guys to watch because season two is coming out this week Right. You listen to this episode when we drop it season two just came out all 10 episodes same time june 25th nice 2020 and i'm pumped i'm pumped for it because i i really did like um the first season of this show a couple things i wasn't really digging which is kind of in the star trek shows too it's like a cbs all access thing is sometimes it seems like they're swearing for swearing sake <laughs> like yeah there's, there's i've heard of bombs and stuff i've heard picard uh is getting uh shit on because of that yeah like picard was it was a good show i enjoyed yeah. it but like you don't i don't know you don't need it to just, drop a whole bunch it of didn't F-bombs. seem like star trek to drop right, bombs yeah. or show klingon titties um <laughs> but like oh it, now i gotta watch it i don't care it doesn't really bother me but i could see how you're like ah uh. like i didn't know there was gonna be swears when i was watching the comedian right uh, which is the first episode and all of a sudden there's just a lot of f words mm. and um but what i do like about the show and what i like more about it is that the people who don't like it, uh, they don't like it because it's too political. Right. It's too woke culture. It's too PC for these liberal snowflakes. They've, and, and the arguments online are all like, have you ever seen the original Twilight Zone? Right. But it's just kind of like how we live in now. You see it in all types of fandoms. Doctor Who is a big one Doctor right Who's now. Doctor Who is a huge one that's super annoying. And that stuff makes me like it more. Because <laughs> yeah. um, one of the episodes I... Well, I guess we can go over the episodes I pick for you guys. Sure. Um, Nightmare at 30,000 feet. Mm-hmm. It is a modern update of Nightmare at 20,000 feet starring William Shatner or John Lithgow, if yeah. you like the 80s version. Mm. And they do some pretty cool stuff with- Is this starring Adam Scott now? It is. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I, was I haven't seen it, but that. I heard about this. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool and really trippy. And they use today's technology to update a uh, classic story. And I thought that was good. I don't know if there's any classic remakes in season two. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, And then the next two episodes I'm having you watch, they're all season one. The episode numbers are in the show notes. Um, One of them is called Replay, which is uh, their Black Lives Matter episode, which is it was done really well. And it's just so important now, especially for younger people to see these kind of messages when they're young and impressionable. Because like Twilight Zone, um, the original series, it inspired me at a young age as a teenager right. and showed me a lot of uh, stories that I think a lot of people should see. And this one was done really well. 
And the third episode is called Not All Men, which is kind of like a Me Too kind of story, but with sci-fi twists. Mm. Um, I was going through a lot of the episodes, and I wanted to show you guys, like, I really like The Comedian. I really like Blurry Man because it's kind of gets really meta. But hopefully, if you like these three episodes, you'll just watch the rest of them, too. (laughs) Yeah. And the cool thing that CBS did when they aired all of the episodes... Oh, I know you're They then released them all in black, black and, and white. white. So it was cool. It was a fun one. Which way do you recommend we watch them? Just watch them in color. If you like them, you could watch them in black and white later. I, that's what I would suggest. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Like the black and white to me didn't add anything to it, but yeah. it was just a neat little gimmick. Mm. So do you guys like you haven't seen this new series? I've right? seen none of it. Yeah, no, I haven't seen anything of it. I've I've heard the criticisms. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with a lot of them. Um I'm interested because I think it probably has a lot to take from Black Mirror that's been really big mm-hmm. in the past uh, half half a decade. I don't know how long it's been on the air. Um, so I'm interested to see if that, that gets put into it a little bit more. Um, do you like Black Mirror or this better? I don't want to tell you yet. <laughs> I think I know where that's I, I don't going. Want, I don't want you to compare it to Black Mirror. Okay. I, I mean, you can. It's that's fair. Fine. It's fair to compare. Yeah. Because it is a modern anthology yeah. story, but it's different. Where Black Mirror focuses on technology, this doesn't. Yeah, that's true. So I don't really want to compare the two yet. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Damn, I'm excited. It? I had intended to watch at least the free episode, but just right. never got around to it. So yeah, I'm, I think this is a good excuse to get into it. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Okay, well, great. When we come back, we'll have watched Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet replay, and not all men. Dope. Everybody. He's not the same thing, nobody. Well, don't you understand? They don't care whether you're beautiful or not. They just want everyone to be the same. That's all. Number 12, what's just like you? Okay, fellas, you are entering another dimension, a dimension of light and sound. That's my best Rod Serling. Yeah, I still hate I it. I think but, you did you that know. last time, too. Probably. Yeah. It's a classic, dude. So we just watched, well, not just, it's been quite some time. It has been, been a while. about one month since I've seen has both it? of you. Yeah, yeah. it's about. Wow, I thought yeah. it was three weeks. So we watched uh, three episodes of Jordan Peele's 2019 Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. Mm-hmm. Sure did. And uh, I've got some takes, boys. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hot wow. takes? Uh, medium okay. takes. Medium takes, okay. Uh, so should we dig right in? Just just jump into it, baby. Just a reminder for everyone, if, if you're new to this to this podcast, in this section, we're going to spoil these three episodes. Everything's getting spoiled. Yeah, which uh, we the first episode we watched was season one, episode two, two Nightmare at 30,000 30, feet. feet. Then we watched season, season one, one, episode, episode three, replay. And, and then, then we season watched season one, one episode, episode seven, seven, Not, not All Men. men. So, Jimmy, <laughs> yeah. Jeff was talking me and you into this. Yeah, he was. Let's dig in, because I want to hear your take, because in our last Twilight Zone episode, we had you watch Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Right. What did you think of the remake, Nightmare at 30,000 feet? 10,000 feet higher than before. <laughs> That's it. That's all he said. I was yeah, like, it well. It was uh, one third higher. Yeah. Uh, so, this is obviously very different. Well, thematically it's pretty similar to the uh original 20,000 feet. Yeah. But um the premise is a little bit different. Um he is a Pretty much the only thing that's the same is that they're on a, plane, a plane and there's a lot of anxiety. Happening. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
So he's on the plane and he sort of meets this guy beforehand. Uh, he's, I guess he's a reporter, like a investigative reporter. The main actor played by Adam Scott. The, right. The main yeah. character. Uh, he's getting a magazine for one of those stores and uh, the other guy grabs for one. He's like, oh, you can have it, even though there's an entire wall of his magazine. Yeah. So the cool thing about that, like if, if you didn't notice, maybe you have because you know like what episodes came out in the last season. When right. I watched this time, there was a magazine with Kumail Nanjiani on it. Yep. Yeah, it was I from episode one. And then... Uh, Tremblay, that little kid, that actor. Jacob Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay. He's in an episode this season, too. There's That's a lot cool. of Easter eggs in all of these episodes cool. from I classic like series and the current series. Yeah, I picked up on a couple. Yeah, that's pretty neat. But yeah, Jim, so like you said, this one gets started in the airport, which the original, I believe, doesn't. No, it goes It opens yeah, up with William Shatner plane. boarding the plane. Right, right yeah. And then, so they're they're on the plane, and but um, you get some history there. You get that he's a like a wartime reporter. That's true. Yeah, has some PTSD, so he's yeah he's, he's on the phone with his wife yeah. slash girlfriend. I don't remember which, but uh, and then they're um he's basically saying that like the past is the past. That's sort of like the ongoing theme. That's his mantra. Yeah. Uh, so they're going onto the plane, and he's he's sitting down. He's sitting next to this kind of like disgruntled guy, and. Uh, he looks into his little front pocket of the of the plane seat, and he sees a. It's basically like an iPod. They don't call it an iPod. It's an MP3 the, player. Yeah, yeah it's an MP3 but Dan, player. did you pick up on this Easter egg? It's engineered by Whipple's Industry. Yes. Oh. Which, if you're that? a fan of the classic series, there's an episode called "The Brain Center at Whipple's." Oh my goodness. Which is about um pe- people who work at this large manufacturing corporation that are basically replaced by robots because the owner, Mister Whipple's, is very greedy. And then by the mm. end of the episode, he's replaced by a robot. I think I've seen that one. It's a classic. So, yeah, yeah. I, I I grinned very hard. <laughs> and and Jimmy, cool. uh, if, you, if you're listening to this while editing, you should put uh, <laughs> Dan and I's old band. We wrote a song about that. Put it before this. Called The Brain Center at Whipple's. All right. I'll put that somewhere. So you guys heard that song. <laughs> Um, so, uh, they're, they're on the plane and he, uh, he puts the headphones on he's just listening to this MP3 player and it's, it's basically like a, a true crime podcast. Enigmatic. Yeah. It's very, very serial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some, you know, those highly produced things. Right. And it turns out he's the, basically the narrator is talking about, well, not Jordan Peele, the narrator, but the narrator of the podcast is talking about this plane crash that didn't happen yet because he's on the plane. Yep. Not necessarily a plane crash, a disappearance. Oh, disappearing, yeah. Mm. Had, it definitely had like a Bermuda Triangle-esque right. vibe to it. Yeah. It might have also had, because maybe when they were writing this, the Malaysian flight that yep. disappeared. Oh, was true. a little bit before this, so it might have been that because it was in the cultural zeitgeist, everybody. <laughs> How many? Uh, what we should have a talk me into bingo of like everything that we do. It's like cultural zeitgeist. It's a drinking Oakley game. Yeah. Even yeah. though Jeff and I don't drink, you guys yeah. at home can drink every time. Yeah, when you're driving to work, when you're at work, when you're going for a jog, listening to us, just yeah. take shots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would be drunk by the end of every episode. We're so <laughs> tropey. Uh, so he's sort of like listening to this, and he's obviously like, "Uh, that's weird." And uh, he's noticing there's um, he's on flight number 1015. The boarding was at 1015. The uh, f- flight number is 1015. Did I already say that? I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of 1015s. A lot of 1015s. Yeah. And uh, so he's sort of like going through this and he's obviously pretty worried about it. So he's like interviewing people saying like, uh, oh, like are you part of this Russian mob and stuff like that yeah. and getting a lot of people pissed off at I him. I think they've done a good job. Um 
in two ways to not only in, enhance the to advance the plot but also to enhance the feeling of uh anxiety and nervousness yeah is they've done a really good job directing to show like little um yes. cutaways to other passengers on the plane yeah are they suspicious what's going on they're having like yeah heightened conversation things like this so so when it gets to the point where i think his name is justin sanderson is the main character yes, yes. when it gets to the point where he's really starting to believe this mp3 player he's he's now taken it upon himself to investigate like who could be responsible for right for this plane crash and one of the things that that's mentioned on the um mp3 player is um the last communication between the aircraft and the tower was uh the good pilot night, saying good night new york right um but yeah continue I, you're doing a good job plot wise <laughs> uh i don't feel like talking now you can oh talk. boy jimmy just bows <laughs> out so uh no i was saying that that's what you were saying oh so yeah. i don't feel like talking, talking about you know. the like the direction and everything and how it makes you feel that anxiety that's the point of this episode yeah which was the point of the original episode as well and my wife was watching it with me and she was like i'm getting secondhand anxiety from the show and i was like <laughs> for sure that's the point it's supposed yeah. to but also it's like there's a lot of like close-ups or shots from like lower that point up that like make you feel claustrophobic right make you yeah feel anxious and mm -hmm. that's kind of in this whole new twilight zone there is like a it, it's almost like they have like a house vibe from for all the directors to mm -hmm. like direct a certain way but it really comes off in this episode and even like the, the incidental music is very classic twilight zone -y. yeah it's not like like black mirror i can't think of I, there's going to be comparisons but like there's either like no music or like certain kind of like modern mm -hmm. scores but here it's pretty classic and they do a really good job at just just doing yeah it, it feels like i know what you're saying like the old school telescore like yeah. would be yeah. in the credits where these shows were actually scored like films and, and there are moments right. that feel like that the, the show definitely does feel a lot like the original Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it Without does a really feeling like a cheap knockoff. Right. Yeah. So I want to jump back into the plot because we are almost, you know, through or at the at the big crescendo of this episode. Right. It's throughout um, Sanderson's spiral into like anxiety breakdown. Um, he's he's trying to involve the flight crew. They're becoming more and more suspicious of his behavior. He's also um, getting involved with uh, Joe Beaumont which is the guy that he met in the airport. Yeah. Who knows who he is. Joe and, with an E. Yeah. And and he confides in, in him, in Justin Sanderson, that he's a former airline pilot. And and throughout this episode, he seems to be the only one that actually believes uh, Sanderson's conspiracy theory about the, about the aircraft. And he's like right. going along with it. Um, but like super going along. Yeah. He's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you're right. There is something. I'm a pilot. Let's figure this out. Kind of like yeah. a conspiracy theory. Right. To the point where I started to question if that guy even existed because he's so right? yeah. on board yeah. with Sanderson. And so the flight crew ends up detaining Sanderson. Um, there's an air marshal who puts him under arrest. Yeah. And um, Beaumont is like, yeah, yeah. He's like, the only way we're going <laughs> to land this thing safely is if I get into that cockpit and take control <laughs> yeah. and just land it myself. And, and like... At this point, Sanderson, Adam Scott is so like broken that he's just like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get in there, take control, and then I'm going to lower the oxygen in the cabin. <laughs> so that, the temperature. Yeah, so that everyone like falls, falls asleep. asleep. <laughs> and uh, he's like, the only problem is, you know, there's a code to get into the cockpit and it changes all the time. So Adam Scott being the investigative yeah. journalist and seeing all the weird coincidences of this day says, try 1015. Yeah. What did you guys think about that? Just like. Do you think it was just an easy get out or are you okay with it? I actually liked it because to me, and I'll, I'll talk more about this in future episodes um, that we watched. 
this is what sets Twilight Zone a- apart from Black Mirror, mm-hmm. which yes. is that it's not all it's rooted. not grounded in reality, right? Okay, um, or a pseudo reality based on an enhanced technology, which is what right. Black Mirror is. Right. The Twilight Zone has some technological stuff, but they can also have some mystical things, and you know, there's yeah. a lot of reasons that could lead to un- unnatural circumstances. I'm with you. That's why I asked. Yeah. Because I think some people might be put off by like, oh, that was easy. Of course, it's that. That's silly, but. I think That's it's a like. little bit of a leap that someone who's an investigative journalist would buy into this, but at this he's point, he's so far out, right? He's yeah. so far gone into his mental breakdown that he he just he's just like, okay, I accept that this day. And is to compare it to William Shatner, like he's not as physically like shaken and sweaty, but you do see like the slow progression. And then if you stop and think, like, oh, two minutes ago he was like much calmer. Yeah. So they do a good job at bringing Justin to like the point where he eventually does break down. I think his performance is a lot more natural than William Shatner. I think yeah, William, yeah. William that, Shatner is kind of a product of the time though, but yeah, yeah, I don't think William Shatner's performance is bad, no. even though I, I think William Shatner is not a great actor, <laughs> but I think in this, per, in yeah. that performance, he's very engaging. Like you're sucked into watching him. He's, he's very like entertaining. I think Adam Scott is a lot more natural and realistic of what it would look like if someone was unhinging over the course of a, you know, two hour flight or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, so eventually um, Beaumont gains access to the cabin and he brutally attacks the pilots yeah. and uh, like locks himself in there. And uh, it becomes clear rather quickly to me that this is not a good guy. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he takes control of the flight and uh, his his words are, good, good night, night, New York. York. He's the pilot. And Sanderson's like, oh. <laughs> like, He's the pilot. Yeah, that, that was, was a little. Yeah, that was a little too on the nose for me, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I also kind of throw that into the Twilight Zone cheese. I thought that was yeah. whatever. What about uh, how this episode tackles stereotypes, right? Because there's the air marshal that they're looking for. It turns out to be a younger woman of color. Yeah. And right. then he he goes over to these two men who he's listened to on the podcast and he's just going over there because he thinks that they might be of concern. They happen they're to playing be- a game on their phone. Yeah. And the, the podcast posits possibly there was something that interrupted the signal between the plane right and the so, right. so uh, justin being paranoid is just like can you turn your phone off and they misinterpret him approaching them because they're chic seek seek yeah that's the word i meant and they're like you know we're seek right and he's like no i i get it but you still need to turn off your phone yeah that was kind of funny and yeah i i get i get it there's like another guy who's um he's sort of like a tough looking eastern european dude in the tracksuit. yeah and Sanderson does make an assumption that he's uh, like a Russian mob guy in uh, witness protection, and he's not. He's actually like a soccer player, I think, or something. Yeah, I think the guy in in first class was the actual guy that yeah. he was talking about. Well, when Sanderson starts ranting and raving, like, oh, someone's after him because he's a rob Russian mob mobster. He like oh, says his name. Too. Yeah, and the guy comes running Igor. out of first class and starts like attacking him. So yeah, it just adds to it. Yeah, and um. Yeah, so immediately Beaumont's like, good night, New York. And then he just like leans back in his chair and lets go of the, ju- the yeah. control stick. <laughs> and the plane just starts to like tumble back towards Earth. Yeah. And uh, then we get uh, like a cut to black. And when it opens, it's a very, to me, reminiscent of Lost. Yeah, yeah I thought the same thing. The pilot episode of Lost, we get like the MP3 player like half buried in the sand, like with the waves crashing on the shore. You get a real nice Easter egg, Jim. With the gremlin? Yep. 
the doll that's floating. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, there's like wow, a children's man. doll floating in the wake, and it's, oh, I need to see it's that. the gremlin the from Nightmare at twenty thousand feet. That's funny. Which that's I thought was funny. like a really cute homage. Yeah, yeah. because they mentioned like, was that a bird on the wing that yeah. caused that? Yeah, but there's definitely like. You know, one of the things that doesn't necessarily stand up to the test of time in the original episode is the man in the suit of the yeah, gremlin. The gremlin. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it becomes clear that uh, the podcast is talking about how, well, I don't want to like screw up the timeline, but they show um, Justin waking up, discovering yep. the podcast, and he appears to be on the beach alone, but as he's listening to it, um, they, the podcast says like miraculously only weeks later, a fishing boat finds yeah. all the passengers alive and well, except for one, Justin yeah. Sanderson was never seen again. And while this narration is playing out, we see the passengers walking <laughs> up the beach yeah. angrily pissed off towards Justin Sanderson because obviously they hold him accountable yeah. for the plane crashing. And they start to brutally attack him. And it becomes clear through the narration and through Justin's realization that he's not going to make it off this island alive. Yeah. Which is a pretty brutal ending. Yeah. No, it was uh, it was a good, good episode. Yeah. I liked it. And then we get the um, return narration from Jordan Peele, which we didn't touch on the beginning narration, but I like... How it's integrated yes. into the thing. Yeah. I he first appears lot. on the airplane yeah. in the in-flight monitors. Right. In, in every episode, he's basically like integrated into the episode. Um, like not like as a character or anything, but like just a little Easter. Kind there's of like some Easter in the season when it's just a voiceover, mm-hmm. but that's, yeah. they kind of do that in the original. Or there's yeah. the, the typical Rod Serling thing, which is what we see at the end of this, which is where he just walks into the scene. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like him as the narrator, though. Yeah, because it's not he's overdone. He's, he's not he's doing a Rod Serling impression. Nope. Yeah. He's just the narrator. He's just a man in a black suit. Yeah. Who's just like laying out the scene and then summarizing it. I like the uh, opening title sequence, too. I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really well done. I it's like a nice the new update. Score. Yeah, it's good. It's um, it's interesting because it, the the Twilight Zone narration, like that opening narration, had had changed like several times throughout mm-hmm. the series. Yeah. So this isn't any of them. It's a new one, but it's definitely reminiscent about like you're crossing over into a dimension of light and sound and all that right. stuff. So uh, yeah, overall, what'd you think of this episode? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't like amazing. I don't think it was my favorite out of the episodes we watched, um, but uh, it was good. I I actually would say that it was my favorite out of what we watched. Oh, really? Because it was a new take yes. on an old episode? I was very nervous about this because I thought that... They were just going to go the Gremlin route. classic? I thought that it was going to be like the Psycho remake where it was like shot for shot, word for word, mm-hmm. and just like updated technologies mm-hmm. and updating actors and stuff. And I was pleasantly surprised by how far they pushed it because to me, the only thing they kept, which is is what you need to keep from this, which is the tone. Yep. It's yeah. the anxiety, the sense of foreboding, the fear, um, the idea of um, being alone in a crowd. Like everyone disagrees with him, just like Shatner. Um, so I thought that was really important that they kept all of that stuff, but they changed enough of the plot that it felt fresh. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was really successful. And now. Like my iPod stuck on replay, stuck on replay, stuck on replay, 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 yay, 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 yay. I we, like it. We get to replay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, replay, which I think is my favorite that we watched out of uh, these three it's episodes. It's a good one. It's, very, it's really good. Very socially uh, right there. Talking about anxiety in the first episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, this episode gave me some like, oh, this is like, 
and really well done too and with a really good message it's a shame how relevant this is still yeah uh before we get into the plot jeff was this a remake to my knowledge no I I couldn't find that it was a direct correlation, but there's elements of this that definitely feel familiar, and there's a couple Easter eggs that harken back to older episodes, uh, like original series episodes. Right. No, I know what you're gonna say. The the devil. That, yeah. The, the head. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's from another William Shatner episode. I forget the title, but it's one where he's in a diner, and he's playing the jukebox. Are you looking it up, Jeff? Um, yeah, I'm just looking at my notes, so just oh. ignore me. Yeah, I thought you were like trying to find the name nope, of the Shatner. Definitely episode. not, because I'm not you. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you don't have to look up everything. While so we basically, uh, we get a mother and son, uh, uh, Nina, Nina and her son, Dorian Harrison, who are driving uh, on a road trip to bring her son to college. Right. Um, he's on his way to a historically black college. I, I think it's a fictitious college. Yeah. Um, but it, that, it, that's the thing about Twilight Zone is that all of like the towns and cities are fake. Yep. Except yeah. for like the last one, DC. But like, yeah, yeah. Like when you look at other episodes, they're pretty much just made up places because mm-hmm. it, it could be anywhere. So they sure. basically appear to be driving through Midwest, I would say. Yeah, rural, rural, nowhere, yeah, town, um, country road, corn place. We find out that uh, it's nearby where the mother, Nina, grew up. And she basically left her hometown um, to move to the quote unquote city to get yeah. away from some problematic people in her family and just probably to have more opportunities and things like that. She has a camcorder with her to yep. record the moment. Uh, so children out there listening, camcorders <laughs> are these things before phones that would capture video and audio. Yeah. And, and they joke about that, which yeah. is which is funny as, as Dorian's like, why are you actually doing that? And, and she's like, well. He's like, why don't you use your phone? And she's like, well, because one day you'll be able to show this to your grandkids and yeah. and things like that. It, it was a fun way to integrate basically a MacGuffin into the episode and have a good like backstory with it, too. And I guess uh, as we sort of find out throughout the episode is that it was her father's camcorder. And um, and also she shot with it like when he was growing up and stuff like that, too. And yeah. Um, so they decide to stop at this diner, get some food and. She's filming Dorian, just asking him questions like, oh, what are you excited about college? You know, things like that. And he accidentally squirts some ketchup on his shirt. What a messy boy. Yeah. Yeah. That Dorian. <clears throat> and at one point she rewinds it. I, f- I forget why. I guess to show him the playback of the ketchup squirting or something. Yep. Yeah. And a uh, very weird thing happens. Yeah. When she hits the rewind button. She basically travels back in time. Yeah. The world rewinds around her. Yeah. And she's like back in the moment but nobody knows that anything has happened except for her. Yeah. So she's replaying this this conversation. Yeah. It's basically your consciousness is going back. Yep. Like an old episode erased that <laughs> these guys love so much. Yeah, which this is much more successful. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, she's very, like, startled by this and uncomfortable, and, and it's, like, a weird thing, but she thinks it's maybe a fluke. Yeah. I also uh, like how it's presented, too. Like, she's, it's, I think it's, like, just her eyes. And, yeah. like, all of a sudden, she's, like... The world uh, rewinds yeah. around, around yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. I like, I think, the actress. I'm not really familiar with her, but she does a really good job. Yeah, I've never seen her in anything. She does a really good job expressing how uncomfortable and strange the sensation is, how jarring. Yeah. She, every time it happens, which, spoiler alert, it happens a lot in this episode, yeah. <laughs> um, she's, she's shocked by it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... 
uh, as the time goes by, she's she's having to replay for a couple different reasons that all seem to point to her son being harassed and eventually murdered, attacked by a police officer. Yeah. And no matter, I don't want to get specific because there's diff, a lot of different variations right. that this undergo, but every time they she, get pulled over, they're yeah. in a, a hotel room and he's knocking on the door. Basically this police officer keeps following them yeah, and no keep, matter what they, they, keep they going do further back and the results keep getting worse and worse. Yep. Yeah. And, um, so eventually she decides to attack this problem head on because she can't just escape this right. police officer. She's tried to leave the diner earlier. She's tried to take an alternate route. She's tried to stop at a hotel. And always this police officer comes for her son. Right. So she decides to be proactive. Um, to me, this is where the episode really tackles the heart of what's at issue in this episode, which is systemic racism. And you can't escape it. Right. Yeah. You can't run away from it, do. but also you can't fix it with a one-on-one confrontation right, right what she tries to do is she goes back to the diner where this police officer happens to be eating she goes over she introduces herself she humanizes herself yeah she tells him how important her son is to her how he's the only person in her life that matters to her she buys him a piece of pie she really goes above and beyond to make a connection with this police officer and what does he do he accuses her of stealing her car yeah first it's underhanded he makes a comment that's a nice car how'd you get that blah 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 then as they're leaving the diner, he shouts out to her, I need to see your pink slip. And she's like, I don't keep a pink slip. Dorian goes into the glove compartment to pull out his phone to show, oh, I have a copy of the pink slip. That's a little unbelievable to me, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. He comes out of the car holding his phone. That's the unbelievable part about this episode. <laughs> yeah. Not a time traveling camera. <laughs> and not <laughs> a, a police officer who follows That's and attacks the most black people. Part. Uh, so he draws his gun and he kills dorian mm-hmm. um so then the mother decides jim i feel like i'm talking a lot so well, do you remember what comes well from what do you think about i don't know the actor's name and i'm not looking it up but what do you think about his performance as the cop and the character of the cop it's do really you, good do you think that it was too cartoony and over the top or do you think that's what needed to happen to illustrate the issues i almost equate it to the ten fifteen thing Meaning, right. I think they do push the police officer to become more than a racist cop. Because you have to, to illustrate. Yeah. I think he becomes right. a um, caricature, a, a paranormal. No, I think he's he becomes almost like a force of nature. Okay. Like this um, immovable object, unstoppable force thing. So he's not a cop. He's the institution of police. That's how I see exactly. it. Exactly. And I think that's backed up by how this episode ends. Yeah. I think there's... It's more than coincidence that she can't escape this because obviously when they're at the hotel room, there's no reason for him to show up there and bang yeah. on the door. Yeah. So to me, that's a little bit of the Twilight Zone playing yeah. with mm-hmm. with metaphor. He's the personification of exactly. This. Yeah. And this confrontation has to happen no matter what she does to change yeah. the past. It has to happen. So she realizes that she has to confront it in another way right and the only thing she hasn't done so far is earlier in episode we saw dorian trying to convince her to go home yeah visit her brother see her family confront her past yeah and to me there's this thing this episode is doing now i'm i'm a white person so i i can't speak to these experiences but i think they're dealing a little bit with like code switching 
You guys are familiar with yes. that phrase, right? We talked about but it. But if with the insecure. audio isn't, yeah. So basically, did I say audio? Code switching is the idea that people of color um, try to turn off their blackness or their culture to assimilate into white culture, right? So I think that they're hinting around that she's done that. She's left behind her community, her family, some of the tropes of growing up African-American in rural white culture. She's moved away from that. She's turned her back on it. So Dorian wants her to confront that and to bring that back into her life. Mm. Um, And she decides to do that, which I think is an interesting take on this issue of police brutality that we're going through right now in race, which is that. And it's just like the scene in the diner. You cannot assimilate. You cannot, I don't know the terminology, but you can't be what you aren't in order to make your life less dangerous. Right. Like we shouldn't be trying to make it safer for black people to interact with police. We should be addressing why. What the problem is. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the way she has to handle it. She has to go home. She has to accept all parts of her, her culture and her blackness in order to confront the issue head on. I like that you said that because personally, when I first watched that, I didn't get that. I just sort of got it as like, oh, you got to like deal with your personal issues. But like, yeah, that makes a whole lot more sense. I like, mean, you, it, it's definitely very subtle in the episode. But You could take it at surface value, which is yeah. that she needed to work with her brother. Like maybe her brother was yeah. the missing link, the help that she needed. Right. But I take it. I think it's clear that she was not comfortable returning home right. at the beginning of the episode. And I think, like I said, it's a metaphor for black people yeah. at large. Don't try to outrun your blackness, your culture, yeah. to to fit in with white society. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that take a lot. That actually makes me like the episode even more. Um, so basically, they uh, they meet up with a brother. Um, they sort of have their little like, okay, you're back home, stuff like that. And uh, basically, they need to get um, Dorian into college. They need to get him from point A to point B. Without being seen by the uh, by the officer, which again is steeped in metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they're going like this. Uh, they literally go underground. Yeah, they go underground, which is pretty dope. Um. And uh, they they eventually make it to the college, and of course, as soon as they get there, who's there but the officer? Police man. Yeah. Um. As we said before, this is an all black college. Um, so, uh, as soon as this happens, um, we see the officer trying to confront them and, uh, he starts to draw their weapon. Well, this is really interesting too. Like this is a really strong visual metaphor Yes, because the college, if you want to say this all black institution of learning and, and success is like a representation of like black exceptionalism, Yeah, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, it's sort of this like utopia vibe. I take it. Uh, we see the university laid out and there's people happy milling about, you know, it's idyllic. Yeah, exactly. it's what yeah. Twilight Zone has always done. It, it, they yeah. don't really show squalor too much. Everything is just like really nice and picture perfect. And that's what you get here. But it's also representative of what they're trying to show, which yes. is that this is the end goal. And yeah. where does this confrontation happen? It happens at the gate. Literally. Yeah. The cutoff between idyllic. um fully actualized black people living their you know best truth and best life separated from white society and the cops are trying to keep them out from this right and uh so yeah jim uh so uh basically the the officer draws their his weapon to them 
and basically every student there takes out their phone and starts recording which is the most twilight zone thing i've ever seen because if you look at the news doesn't stop them yeah 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 there's no consequences and that that's kind of shows how important a message like this and an episode like this is well there's also something that that we have seen in current events which is that maybe not the phones won't stop them but large group action can stop them or or can lead to change so when this entire group of people starts to place themselves in front of dorian and protect dorian and stand unified the police back down right and um I don't remember. That's basically the the end of the episode. There's a little like, yes, yeah, that's the end of the story. But then like you flash forward 10 years, Dorian has a daughter and the mom still has the camera like she's guarding it because like that's it's her safety net. Exactly. She thinks that she can undo mistakes because of the camera and yeah. Dorian's daughter um, accidentally breaks it. Yeah. Drops the camcorder. Dorian heads out and then the episode ends with police lights on her scared face. Yeah. So it, yeah. it basically goes to show you that um, what ended up saving Dorian and what could save us in the future is is cumulative group action. Yeah. It's not the camcorder. Right. And as Dorian says to his mother, like, you can't rely on this all the time. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a fitting end to the episode. It's And it's, it's unsettling, too. It's, which... it's certainly unsettling. Yeah. Um, but prior to that scene, we are given some hope that Dorian's outlook has changed. Yeah. And that he's saying that, you know, we can't live our lives in fear that this camcorder is the only thing that can protect us. Yeah. So I thought that was a powerful, powerful message in the episode. Yeah. Overall, really good episode. Um, definitely one of the better things I've seen. Um, Ever in your life? Well, in, in like, <laughs> anth- uh, like anthology series. Yeah. Like it's a good standalone um, little message. It's good. Yeah. I liked it a lot, too. Moving on to Not All Men. Yeah, which is a, another pretty um, pretty powerful message yeah. episode. This That's is why the one, I picked it, baby. This is the one that I had didn't know anything about, but I had heard the title bandied about on the interwebs. Oh, I'm sure. Yep, because uh, little, the incels were not happy with this. incel snowflakes. What? Yeah. So this is, uh, or as they referred to it, the Me Too episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It's on the nose. It's a little bit, <laughs> a little bit upfront about issues, which I love yeah. in my science fiction. So, Jeff, <laughs> why don't you run down the plot on this one and we'll jump in? Right. Uh, Annie was her name, correct? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So Annie's working a job and uh, short story. We don't have to go into the little details. She gets pretty much asked out on a date by a coworker, and she she accepts. She's like into it. Yeah. And uh, she goes over to his house. Date's going Okay. And then, because uh, he, he wanted to watch the meteor shower with her. It's this huge meteor shower coming. Mm. So when they're over there, uh, it occurs, and they go to check out uh, outside, and uh, he picks up, like, this meteor. There's, like, mud, right? This is the part with the mud? I think it's, like, a meteor. It's, yeah. It's yeah. in, like, a field, and there's, right. like, some water and stuff. So then uh, they go back inside, and his attitude starts to change. He starts to sour. He starts to think that, like, because she said yes to a date, he's owed something. Yeah, he's entitled to yes. hooking up. Um, So uh, he gets real, real upset. She leaves, and then... It's such a great shot. Like Jimmy's the yeah. TV guy, and uh, you guys with your ice drinks today. There's a lot Sorry. of ice, in ice there. clinking. Yeah, um, 
it's a great shot of like the outside of the house and it's it's really open house and it, again it's idyllic um yeah. and you just see him losing his absolute shit in the background in his kitchen like slamming things oh when she walks out yep. yeah, yeah. And he throws a tantrum smashes really up his well house done. yeah i love that uh, the, i just want to go back a little bit to the scene with him um dealing with her played out very similar to many accounts of men taking advantage of women in the oh, workplace yeah. and stuff. Yeah. This was not, to me, this first scene could have happened without the meteors. We're going to find out throughout the episode that the meteor is having an effect on people, mm. but this type of behavior happens in the world. Yeah. Obviously, it gets more blown out of proportion throughout the episode, but this confrontation, the way he's sort of like bully, he's mixing tactics between like bullying her and then also like begging her. He's yeah. going back and forth like, oh, I don't want to do anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. But then he's also making it seem like like she owes him. He's like, well, what did you think? Lobster yeah. and all this stuff. Like, yeah, it's so, so cringy to watch. Yeah, I think they had to do that after the meteor shower, because like if it wasn't for that, then like she wouldn't have made the assumption that the meteor shower is having this effect on people. Right. And that becomes the plot of the episode. Right. Um, I don't think. But yeah, that's sort of that's if basically this, the theme. If of this the wasn't the Twilight Zone, yeah, they could just do an episode on guys acting like this, and it yeah. would be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's not really fine. No, but yeah. it would be accurate. Yeah, is what I meant to say. Unfortunately, so uh, yeah, she leaves his house. He throws a tantrum, and she goes. Um, I guess that's her friend, Jeff. Is that correct? Yeah, she goes to her friend. Uh, they go out for like a drink at a bar. Yeah, she's the actress from uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah, I, I, can't I don't remember, remember her, her name, name, but yeah, she's from Better Call Saul, and she's married to Ike Barinholtz. Yeah, yes. This show is full of people that I'm like, oh, that's that person. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, the guy who starts the whole thing, Dylan, her coworker who threw the tantrum and all that. He has been in. He played um, Ginsburg in Mad Men, which is a show I love. Oh, did he? I didn't recognize him. Yeah, and he also played. Um, Who's the famous comedian from the 50s and 60s who, like, started swearing and stuff in public? Lenny Bruce? Yeah, he played Lenny Bruce in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, oh. so he's, look at that? He's, like, one of those guys that you're like, oh, that's that guy. <laughs> she looked very familiar to she me, too. She is Taza Fermiglia, which is, her sister is a famous actor, too. Uh, huh? What's her face? You know, what's her face? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's anyways. Back to you. She is. played Norman Bates' mom in uh, Bates, Bates Motel. Motel. Okay. Bates Motel. That's probably where I recognize her. So uh, they're at the bar having a drink, and uh, Jeff. Yeah? You do some summary. Me and Jimmy have been doing a lot of talking. Well, the boys start getting rowdy, but they're just boys being boys. Boys will be <laughs> just boys. Just locker room talk, being in bars, and it, it gets heated. Like, glass gets broken. Yeah. Uh, the women get startled. We should say they're, like, just random guys at the bar. They're not, yeah, like, yeah, friends yeah. of theirs. No, they're, they're just bros being bros. Yeah, getting loud and aggressive. And Dude, in their defense, though, dude, their team was losing, bro. But they're doing <laughs> shots of liquor with little bits of the, the meteors meteor. in it. Well, yeah, because the meteor is like infected all the water and stuff. Yeah. And well, they're actually putting it in there and it's changing the color of their drinks, which oh, is a bit of a leap. Like, <laughs> yeah. the night of a meteor shower, well, you're you just going to pick up meteors no, and you start see it drinking later because them? Because they started to get affected and then it's taken. It's like a parasite. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's that's the thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Being a man's a parasite. So uh, one of the guys from that group starts to like hit on them. And he's like, oh, go back to my place and stuff. And they're like, no. And then he's like being aggressive with them. He's on a motorcycle outside the bar. They're like chasing him home. Yeah. 
So they go back to the woman's house where she's married to Ike Barinholtz in real life and in the show. Oh, she is in real life? Oh, I thought that's what you were saying. No, I mean in the show. They're married. Oh, okay. Okay, well, she goes back to her husband's house. <laughs> and he's like... Uh, he's like borderline. He's like acting kind of weird, but not really. Yeah, I would yeah. say he's kind of like douchey, but like progressive douchey. He's like a <laughs> libtard snowflake type. And uh, he's like, oh, did that guy follow you home? And they're like, oh, my God, yeah. And he's like, let me go take care of this. So he goes yeah. out there, and he beats the guy to death. Well, in his defense, he got a murder boner, dude. Yeah? Had to kill him. <laughs> yeah, we should say, like, uh, the the fight at the bar, like, that's the reason why they left is that it got really bad. Like, people are, like, breaking each other's noses and shit. Like, they yeah. were, like, it was very aggressive. Yeah, it was more than just, like, a regular yeah. argument. I think we're kind of sweeping that under the rug because well, of the theme I mean, of the episode. We're but sweeping like... a lot under the rug because <laughs> you don't really need to get into, like, super details. Yeah. Here. What you have to know is that men are acting wild. They're yeah. wilding out big time. <laughs> it's getting worse and worse, getting more aggressive. Pretty much. And then uh, the main uh, actress basically comes to the idea that, like, oh, this is the meteor shower. This is what's happening. And it's just the men. Like, it, for some reason, it's just affecting them. Yeah, because after her husband comes inside from killing the biker, he's got these veins standing up on his forehead and he's freaking out and he starts to attack them. He's like, you wanted him to follow you back to her house. And yeah. he starts to do really shitty like man stuff that men do online which is like yeah. you asked for it you're a whore and all yeah. this stuff and uh he starts to attack the main character and his wife beams him on the head with a frying pan yeah. um they go to find her son to see if he's been affected yeah this is an interesting little sequence to me yeah uh her her teenage son is on their boat with a, another teenage boy and they seem to be experimenting with like drinking alcohol and the other kid seems to be like using some of the minerals too. And they're like making out and stuff. And uh, it, it's an interesting look at how men can be victimized as well. Yeah, I did like this part a lot. Yeah. Because like when you were, oh, okay, the, the meteors affect men. But it wasn't really affecting the nephew. It was affecting his boyfriend or hookup, whatever. Right. And then I was like, oh, it's like uh, masculinity. It's just like enhancing the toxic masculinity right, right. we so, do like, see that he it, was the aggressor his boyfriend was like he was making the moves he was going for it he was getting mad when he got turned down we do see later on um like they think he's okay because he wasn't affected then they're confronted with dylan the, the initial man from the beginning who's carrying a meteor on a chain which is like very <laughs> yeah. creepy and strange yeah, it's cool and he's like wielding it as like like a weapon like swinging it around like and stuff. ghost rider or something yeah yeah and uh I shouldn't learn her name. Ike Barinholtz's wife's character. <laughs> See, that Dan, that's the problem here. We're referring to her as her husband's property. Not this really her husband. Go no. on. But in the show, her it's not her actor. real husband. We know that. None of these people are real. I'm only using his name because he's the only actor whose name I know. And it's only because he's on the Howard Stern Lisa show a lot. Formiga. I know her name because her sister is Vera Formiga, which I looked up. Ike Barinholtz. Barinholtz. Um, he's a comedian. He's a very okay, funny. so the main actress, okay, the main character is Annie Miller, and her friend is Martha. Martha. Yeah. Uh, with her husband, Mike. That's Ike Barinholtz. Mike Marinbolts. By the way, Martha is Annie's sister, not her friend, which you sort of address because her son is Annie's nephew. Yes. Okay. So anyway, so when yeah. they're confronted with Dylan, the man from the beginning, right. wielding the um, meteor, we do see that the nephew, whose name is Cole, has been slightly That's affected. such a white boy name. Yeah. But um, basically as Jeff sort of 
connected the dots when his aggression levels peak um because they're like having this confrontation with dylan he does start to show initial effects he does start to rage out but he's able to control it yeah this was a little confusing to me did you guys get anything out of this like thematically do you think there's a reason why him Uh, unlike the other do you think they're making a statement about um either like lgbtq people or a younger generation maybe not being as affected i was thinking a younger generation because um he's sort of like figuring himself out and stuff like that and also just like because he's younger in general and younger generation is sort of like going against this sort of thing yeah um i, I, th- I think, think it's that's what they were going for but it was growing up basically. i think it could have been hit a little harder to drive that point home yeah because to me because he's the only example of it it's a little bit of like why like why can yeah. none of the other guys control it but he can yeah so he starts to lose it but then when then they're like cole you need to calm down he like he can. In the words right. of Taylor Swift, you need to calm down. Oh, man, I was going to make that exact same joke. <laughs> and he does. Um, so then I have to admit something here. This is where I fell asleep. There's like two minutes left. <laughs> and I yeah, forgot so. that I fell asleep until just before we started recording. And I asked you if you wanted to watch it. We had like a half hour to kill. And you're like, no, we didn't have a half hour. We had like maybe 10 minutes. I was eating a chili cheese dog. So Jeff explained to me, but but why don't you guys just discuss like, where I fell asleep, the last thing I remember is there was choppers coming. That's pretty much it. I mean, like, yeah. it took them to, like, a government facility, and that's yeah. pretty much it. Like, nothing really happened. Uh, yeah, well, they sort of explained that, like... Uh, yeah, I want to hear what Jordan Peele's narration was at the end. Like, how did oh, he... Oh, I don't remember. Um, Just watch it. <laughs> you want me to pull it up right now? No. Basically, they, they say that the meteor coming down wasn't necessarily, like, the thing that's making them do this. It's sort of, like, them because of the meteors coming down they think that they could do this like releases their inhibitions basically yeah oh so the meteors trump yeah exactly (laughs) they 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 sort of have um because they're talking about how she was working on like the placebo effect or something with her job they're basically saying like the meteors were the placebo oh that's an interesting connection we didn't talk about that but she's working on a project to test a drug right and she's in charge of controlling the placebo group yeah and the meteors were the placebo in this huh. sort of uh, thing. So the kid basically said, like, I just chose not to. Like, it's basically like giving into your inhibitions. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So, yeah. I didn't love this episode. Uh, I thought it was the weakest out of the three. Me too. Um. But I I think it's still a strong episode. I don't think it's like, like there amazing. Are, there but... are other episodes in the season I like more than this, but yeah. I did want to talk about this one over other ones. Yeah. I'm glad you did bring this up because it was an episode I heard a little bit of rumblings about. I, I think it's a little on the nose for the subject matter. Yeah, yeah. Like what I like. That, that's what I like about it, though. Yeah, but it's a little simplistic. What I liked about mm. Replay was that it had a lot of depth. You could really, like we got right. we got into analyzing some of the themes and some of the metaphor. I don't think there's much to this. Like it's pretty mm. clear what they're trying to say. Yeah. Um, I thought it was... I thought it was very tense, which I liked. It, it gave me sort of um, like Walking Dead at its best vibes, like old yeah. school Walking Dead where like you don't know what's in the shadows. Like these guys, when they're walking on the street and guys are just coming at them, there's moments where they're like, it's okay. It's not me. I'm not infected. And then they right. were clearly. Yeah. Like that's kind of the cool thing about this episode is um, it's not as clear which men were infected and which weren't. Like, they tried to show physical attributes like the veins on the forehead and stuff, right. but it could come and go. Yeah. Um, which is, in and of itself, a nice statement 
not nice, but an accurate <laughs> statement of toxic masculinity. Because a lot of times these guys who purport themselves to be allies are just as shitty when they're put in the oh, right yeah. context. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, That's what I like about this episode. It, it's sort of, it, it's a talk piece. It's not necessarily like an amazing episode, but it's getting people talking. Which I think is a big part of what the Twilight Zone yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you now saw three episodes of the revived Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, <laughs> we got through it. We did um, it. Before we get into overall thoughts, I guess, how do you think this compares to the original based on what you've seen? And do you think it could stand up on its own without having to that legacy behind it? I think that it could stand on its own. If the Twilight Zone never existed and this show came out, I think it would have been good. Like, I don't think it right. would have been as, I don't think it's as good as the original Twilight no, Zone. No, I don't think anybody's saying that at all. Um, I sort of miss the, uh, sort of like an, I wouldn't say every episode of the Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone. Um, there's like a really, like really good twist. Like at the end of, um, I mean, at the end of these episodes, there were there was like a decent twist. Like, oh, right. he's the pilot. Oh, she, uh, the cop is still going to be there no matter I what. I will tell you that there are some more twists, and I'm watching season two now, and there's yeah. some pretty good ones. Some okay. you can see coming, but they're still well done. Yeah, but like there's nothing that's going to compare to, um, I don't remember the name of the episode, but uh, the one where he's getting all the, he has all the books in the world, and all of a sudden his glasses fall and break. Oh, yeah. And like that Time enough at last. Right, yeah. That episode, I mean, obviously that's a famous episode, and that's one of the best twists of all time. But, like, there's nothing that's, like, even close to that, you know? Right. Um, uh, Dan, what do you think? I, I kind of, I agree with Jimmy. Um, I, I'm kind of conflicted because I, I think that in ways this can stand up to the original Twilight Zone and can actually succeed in some areas. Yeah. Um, Like, meaning can actually be better than the Twilight, original Twilight Zone in some areas. I think... Um, I think the acting is better because yeah. just where we're at with television right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Production th- quality is great, too. Yep. I think in it's those ways it good. succeeds. However, to your question, Jeff, of whether this could stand on its own without the legacy, um, to me, that's highly dependent on the platform and the way that it's handled. Agreed. Um, we see Black Mirror being very successful, at least within its sphere of influence, people who like that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and I think the Twilight Zone, the the revamp of the Twilight Zone, has definitely modeled itself to be more fitting for our time in the way that it's, what, 10 episodes a season? Yep, 10 episodes a season, various times, like 32 minutes. Right, seven. so that feels relevant for where we're at right now. Um I don't think CBS All Access is a relevant platform. No, I think it, if it was on Netflix, I think it would be significantly more popular. I agree. Right. I wonder... It is very limiting. I wonder if it has less of an appeal to a wide audience than a show like Black Mirror because it is willing to ve- delve into other aspects of... um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for that they use for like ghost hunters and stuff? Paranormal. Right. Mm. Because, they're, because they're able to focus on other aspects of paranormal parascience and stuff like that, you know, mysticism and things like that. I think that's a little bit less um, relevant now than Black Mirror, which is all about fear of technology. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm conflicted on whether or not it could stand alone. I guess where I'm coming down is, is if there was no Black Mirror and this version of The Twilight Zone hit Netflix, I think it would be about that level of popularity, maybe a little bit less. 
I'd but agree I, with that. I think the main difference between this and the original Twilight Zone isn't actually as much about content because I think there are some stinker episodes in the original Twilight there's Zone. A lot, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of episodes. I think it's more about so cultural re- relevance yeah. because the original Twilight Zone was released in a time where television in and of itself was limited and this was so different. Uh, that's why it has such a legendary status. Right. Yeah. Okay, I think we kind of got into overall thoughts there. So yeah, that's sort of so what I'm I wanted just, to address. Yeah. I'll just I'll just ask you guys, and I'm kind of worried. I didn't know how it was going to go, and I still don't. Fellas, did I talk you into the new Twilight Zone? Yes. yes. I was on the borderline for both of you. Even rewatching him, I was like, oh, I think Dan's not going to like this. I think Jimmy's not going to like this. Well, but that part's good. That part's good. Awesome. Yeah, I kind of, um, I have a similar relationship with it to, I have a similar relation to it that I have to um, the original Twilight Zone, which is, it's one of those shows where I sort of put on the back burner. Like, I'm not super excited to sit down and watch it. Same here. But once I start watching it, I enjoy it. Yeah. And like- I blasted through all three of those episodes in like one sitting, mm-hmm. Did you watch which I didn't expect to. I haven't, but I'm going to. Nice. Because I already looked through the episode descriptions and I'm like, I definitely want to see the comedian one with because I that's, like Kumail Nanjiani. Honestly, that's one of my favorite ones of the season. Yeah. It's really good. And I know like everyone's seen that one because they released it, was it free, free, but I didn't see it. Yeah, same. Jimmy, what did you have anything to add? <laughs> uh, I'm basically in the same boat as you. Well, like I like the original Twilight Zone. I like this Twilight Zone. I'm just going to pick and choose like, oh, I feel old school today. I'll watch this old school episode of Twilight Zone. Yeah, I could see myself sort of like um, watching this to scratch that itch, like mixed right. in with Black Mirror and the original Twilight One Zone. One of the stuff. things that didn't come up while we were just talking about it, and I'm kind of glad because I wanted to see what you guys thought about it, was the use of swearing in this episode did that take away from you or did you not care because that's just who we are as a society now it wasn't as bad as you were sort of making out to be the first uh the first part of this episode i was nervous about it because i was like yeah like you're talking about picard like i know they just throw some f-bombs in picard and like oh that's weird yeah um like i don't need to hear uh (laughs) uh patrick stewart just throwing up the uh, f bomb, but um, take us to fucking warp three. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Jim. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I thought the first time I heard it, it was jarring, but by the second episode, okay. I was fine. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, these kinds of shows, I'm like, um, it's modern. I mean, like, yeah, mainstream shows. Also, are that part of that now. for me is that the first one I heard was from Adam Scott, and I'm so entrenched with him yeah. in Parks and Recreation that it's just <laughs> odd to hear him swear. I had the same yeah. reaction when he swore in Big Little Lies. Yeah. Oh yeah. But anyways, um, I think that they could possibly do away with it just to make it more accessible to like, say this was on Netflix or whatever. This would be a great show to show like your kids. I um, think it's more for like young teenagers. Well, yeah, and, yeah. and they know more words than we do. <laughs> That's true. Jimmy wants to sit down with Jeff's like two year old daughter, like <laughs> yeah. two and a half years from now and be like, this is the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Now, I would watch Not All Men with you, but they say the <laughs> f- word. Sorry, Jim. Sorry, Jim. Okay, yeah, that's cool. So um, yeah, I like it. I'm happy. I wish it was a little bit more accessible. Uh, I appreciate you uh, lending your uh, username to us, but I also not a huge fan of uh, commercials and stuff too. These well, were like some of the first commercials that I watched in like years. That's like, I, have to watch I literally them. pay for like the five dollar month yeah. one because I just have like two shows I want to watch. Yeah. So um, it, I mean, I I do watch commercials for work or whatever, but this is like the first time I was interrupted by commercials with a TV show in a long time. 
you feel my pain when I used to complain about Hulu. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, now I got that no commercial oh, hookup. Okay. Thanks, guys. Well, I just gave you Hulu for 10 years, but that's fine. I'll just continue watching commercials. Yeah. It's cool. All right. Talk me into commercials. Anyways, Hulu. you guys want to talk about accessibility. The next episode, we're doing something that we haven't really gotten too much into. Not really. Yeah, no. This next episode is a very interesting one, and I'm very excited to talk about it and also incredibly nervous. Huh. Um, I am bringing to the table one of my favorite video games of all time. The Last of Us from 2013 from Naughty Dog. Um, it is a very uh, highly regarded video game, very story driven. How many vortex crystals do you have to get? Uh, at least 20. Okay. Like you need to get nice. that in order to make it to the end of the game. But like, for your credit card. <laughs> uh, that is a Crash Bandicoot uh, that is a, reference, a, by a the CB way. CB joke, yes. Can yes. I make a joke about a video game I like? <laughs> yes. Dan. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> You've never played Star Fox. Yes, what Star you... Fox 64 was my shit, dude. You had that? Yeah. Everybody never... had that, Jim. We never played that together. You were two. But me and him played uh, and I used all to the time. literally just continually do barrel rolls and laugh because you'd be like, <laughs> do a barrel roll, do a barrel roll, do yeah. a barrel roll. We used to play some Tony Hawk Pro Skate. Okay, sorry, we're getting off on a tangent now. But, video uh, games. Yeah, we're playing a video game. Skate 3. Uh, it, it's sort of a spoiler for the uh, uh, first half of the second episode. Sorry, we already recorded it. I gave uh, Dan and Jeff a copy. They're playing it on their own, hopefully. Um, and uh, we're playing about halfway through the game where you meet uh, the brothers uh, Sam and Henry, I believe. And uh, so we're going to be playing that. And uh, we're going to be talking about it because the sequel had just come out. I'm already loving it. An HBO miniseries is coming out, I believe, next year that uh, the creator is being involved with. And I'm very excited for that, too. It's pretty. It's in the cultural zeitgeist, guys. Wow. Yeah. That's why we're talking I'm about I'm excited it. slash apprehensive. Yeah, me too. Um, so, Not pumped. Yeah. <laughs> Not pumped. So, um, yeah, that's it. We're going to play that. Play along if you want. In the meantime... Jeff, where can people find the podcast online? People can find the podcast on TalkMeIn2.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Leave us a review there. There's a couple. It'll be weird. You can find us on Twitter at TalkMeIn2.com and patreon.com slash talk me into and sure. youtube there i was getting there oh. you interrupted me mid-word well, when you list things and then you say and people assume that you're on the last thing <laughs> and youtube.com slash talk no Jim, I don't, doesn't work that way yeah just look for talk me into <laughs> yeah look YouTube. for talk me you can find us there's some cute videos i think if we get enough subscribers we can get a yeah you need like a thousand subscribers okay we're, everyone we're, far from that. we're only like 996 subscribers away <laughs> yeah. daniel where can people find your sweet little cherub face on the internet well guys i'm gonna keep it simple stupid kiss my way through this twitter.com Danny underscore breakdown. Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> Who's at the dot com? Nobody Twitter uses anymore. apps anymore, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Didn't somebody just recently talk us into deleting the apps and going through True. social media through the web? Yeah, I do that, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So who should be saying Twitter.com? Maybe little Jimmy should. <laughs> Go to Twitter.com slash son of a fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H. Uh, you can follow me there and Instagram.com slash son of a fitch, yeah. S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H. 
on Twitter and Instagram.com. Jeff, where can people find you online? People could find me on my new Instagram page, Magic the Clippening, where I post pictures of disgusting fingernails holding this, Magic the Gathering products. This is nightmare fuel. I hate this so much. I hate that I have to follow it because we're best friends. And it, it haunts my timeline. Like I do every time I see it, I'm like it is gross. Yeah. And if I have Baby. to see these nails, you have to too. It's just, I'm, I want there to be awareness in the community. Honestly. Take care of your fingernails or else you will be shamed publicly. If I had said yes in the Magic the Gathering episode, I would be a no now. Just because <laughs> the type of person who lets themselves have fingernails like that, I do not want to be part of that. I will culture. admit, while searching for pictures... It is very difficult. Most people do have clean nails, yeah. but like the ones that don't. So you're going to be like one of those balls. Instagram accounts that has like 12 pictures and then that's it because they run out of content. No, I have a <laughs> cache saved right now. Oh, geez. And I'm oh. finding more. As as more magic people follow me, I'm getting, getting more, baby. Oh, oh I got enough for a while right now. <laughs> you're going to offend some followers. Yeah, I've been I've been saving up since Feb. Ruary. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Hand hygiene. Cuticle. I gotta go pee. I have to shit. Go to you first. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, it's we'll see. That's that's been my life, guys. All right, Jeff. All I, think, right. I think I'm ending at Daddy Needs His Toys too. <laughs> Can you put that in the intro forever? Yes. I'll find his like place for that. Daddy Needs His Toys too. Yeah. <laughs> this time. Whoa. No way. Yeah. There's this dude that I went to, uh, well, I worked with who I eventually replaced. It's just very like on brand. Like he'll either like whenever you tell him to do something, he would just be like, <sighs> Or, like, <laughs> if, if you would, like, see him, he'd be like, whoa, what are you doing here? And, like, since he left, I just, like, took over that. So, like, everybody that's new just thinks that's me because I do it so often at work. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm basically West now. It's so funny. I'm like, whoa, no way. Oh, I did that. Um, This one girl that worked at my last job. Yeah. Uh, she had a couple things she said and I would repeat them, but then she quit. So then for like three years, people who never knew her just thought it was a Jeff thing. Exactly. But yeah. Like that's what I'm people saying. Were like, no, that's an alley thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like half the people that work there now don't even know who Wes is. So like, I'm just like, whoa, what are you doing here? All right. You ready? Yeah. Cool. Do you guys want your Twilight Zone music to be uh, transitions in this sure. again? Yeah. yeah, we can. Do you still have it? I think so, yeah. yeah just, I might have deleted it off the drive, but I'll, I'll look for it. Whatever. You're not just the son of Whipple, you're, you're a... son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, it's actually on Patreon. I can just get it off there. I had a chili cheese dog and onion rings. <laughs> Who's going first? I'm going to pee because I'm going to pee my pants. <sighs> <laughs>